Once upon a time. Welcome to a new episode of Discover Oral Teaching. In this episode, we talk about what happens after a story is told. It might be a relief to hear that nothing has to happen. Very often, we will tell a story and that's it. We don't have to explain the story or interpret it or analyze it or make sure the other really understood. If we do it, most likely we will destroy the story. Again, the most important teaching tool is the story itself. But maybe there is more time to talk about the story and maybe your hearers even want to talk about it some more. The first step you can do is that you share a short testimony, why you like the story yourself and how the story helped or comforted or challenged you or maybe how you experienced something similar. Your testimony will show that the story is not just a fairy tale, something that happens once upon a time, but that it can still happen and that God is still working and that the story is important for you and your life. It doesn't need to be a long testimony, but honest and personal. Maybe some people want to have even more than that. Maybe they really want to discuss the stories you told. Maybe they want to meet in order to learn more about the Bible and about this God. And in that case, I encourage you to do interactive discussions and Bible studies. Don't teach them by lectures. Very often, We do Bible studies in a print learning style. Here are some common habits that we do in these Bible studies which will actually drive oral learners away. Very often, the Bible study leader prepares the meeting and talks all the time or most of the time and no one has to say anything. The Bible study doesn't depend on them saying anything. There might be some question asked, But when no one answers, the leader will answer the question himself or herself. So again, the people don't really need to answer. The answer will come. Then, very often, we ask questions which lead to the interpretation that we have of the story. We read the story. We interpret it in a certain way. We think we need to understand it in that way. So we ask questions that are not really based on the story, but are actually the answers to our interpretations. And that is very difficult if people think different and come from different situations, they will not have our interpretation, so they will not get the answers you want. Then, very often, we ask questions that are hypothetical. Just some examples. How do you react when God works in a way that you don't expect? Or, how do you respond when difficult times are coming? If we are really honest, we have to say we don't know. They are hypothetical. I don't know how I will react when God works in a way I don't expect. And I don't know what I will do when difficult time comes, because it depends also what this difficult time includes. Hypothetical questions are often not really questions we can answer. Also, very often our questions are too abstract and analytic. They're based on concepts 
and they ask too much reflections. Maybe you remember the first session or the second episode where it was all about reflecting and analyzing and that a print learner and an oral learner, they didn't even understand the questions they had. So some examples. What current practical impact does this story leave you and in what ways are you called to radically trust God? Wow, that's really abstract and it's very concept-based and it needs a lot of reflection. Another question. How is God calling you to do the unthinkable in relation to those in dire circumstances? Pooh, I don't know. What does the unity of people say to you? Again, it's really difficult to answer these questions. They are way too abstract. They are not story-based and most people will not give you any answers to that. Please remember the first two episodes and the way how oral people think and you will understand that the oral people won't be able to answer these questions and they won't like it because it demands too much thinking and they need to think in ways they are not used to, they have not learned and so they will not say anything and most likely at a certain point of time they will not come back. Furthermore, this leading style is not easy to copy and it hinders the participants to become leaders themselves. And this is actually something we often want. We want to have people and locals to become leaders. But this kind of leading style, they can't copy because they cannot come up with these kind of questions. They cannot answer them and they cannot produce them. Also, very often, we emphasize topics and issues and we ask for things which we think is very important, but maybe is not really relevant for the participants. I just want to give you an example. I remember one of my Mongolian teachers who had become a Christian recently. She came up to me one day and she wanted me to answer some questions she had about the Bible. And of course, I was very excited. I was just worried that my Mongolian might not be sufficient. But I said, yes, please ask me the questions. And so her first question was, oh, I read about David and his music and him being a shepherd. So how big was his harp? Well, I had no idea. I had never thought of the size of the harp. And she said, well, he took the harp probably with his sheep when he went out. And so how big was it? Well, I couldn't give her an answer. I didn't even know where to look it up. Then the second question, she said, well, I read about Abraham and Lot and that they were fighting about this one well, and their servants, and then they split up. So I was wondering, how deep is that well? Again, I had no idea. I had never thought of the depth of that well. But of course, it must have been a very important and good well. Probably it had water all the time, otherwise they would not have fought over it. But I did not have a nomadic mindset, so I did not wonder about the well. I had no idea how deep it was. So I couldn't give her any answer either. And her third question was, you know, I read about all these shepherds and nomads and I was wondering, were they actually walking in front of their sheep or behind their sheep? Again, a question I had never, ever thought about. So if I had taught about these Bible verses, I would not have addressed these issues. These questions were actually questions that a nomadic person are interested in. 
So you see, what we find important and vital in a Bible story might not be what our friends might find relevant at all. In order to find out how people understand the story and what is important for them, we have to include them in the discussion. Therefore, I am a very big fan of interactive Bible studies. And in order to avoid too abstract and topical-based discussions and questions, it helps to base the Bible study on only one story. So, how do you do it? First, in order to enable everyone to take part in the Bible study, you have to make sure that everyone knows the story well. So first, you tell the story yourself, as you prepared it and learned it, and you tell it. Then, in groups of two, they have to tell the story to each other. Then you tell the story again with the same intonation and the same gestures. And if you want, you can even pretend sometimes that you forgot the story and the participants have to help you out. After that, you could have the story acted out. Or maybe you tell it and they mime to it. Or you can also ask someone in the group to tell the story with the help of the others. So you can be as creative as you want as long as you go on until everyone knows the story well. And then, when everyone knows the story, then you can start discussing it. Here are six questions which are widely used and are very successful. So the first question is, what is your favorite part in the story? Well, maybe you have people, they say, oh, I like it all. I like the story very much. And they are not specific. So then you could ask, well, if you were in the story, who would you like to be? And then they will answer to that. So you have to make it specific if they are not specific enough. The second question is, what questions do you have about the story? Is there something you don't understand or something you find strange? And for example, the story I told you in the last episode, I think it's very strange that this moneylender actually cancels the debts of two of his clients. I don't understand that. Then, what do you learn about people in the story? What is typical for humans? What is characteristics? The next one is, what do you learn about God in the story? When you look at the story, people say, God is not in the story. You can say, okay... If Jesus would be God, what would you learn about Jesus and his character? So these are questions. You don't have to ask them all. You can also just one or two, but can already start discussions with it. And people can have different answers and they can just share their opinions. And then the last two will be, what will they do with the story? So the fifth one is, what in the story will you take into your week? What in the story might change your week? Will you do something different because of the story? Or will you expect something different? So how will this story influence your next week? And they don't know yet, but they should think and they should take the story into their daily life. And then another question is, who will you tell the story to? They have to tell the story to someone. That's a task and they learn the story, they have to give a story. Maybe some of you think that these questions are a little too simple, but that is exactly their strength. Because they are simple, everyone can answer them. And because they are always the same, people learn them quickly 
and can ask these questions to themselves when they do devotion times or read the Bible. And it is very easy to lead a Bible study with these questions. So if the leader is sick suddenly, well, someone else can easily replace the leader. And in that way, you can produce a number of leaders in a very short time. And leadership is not threatening, but it's something they grow into automatically. I know of a church which uses these questions for their church services and sometimes they talk about the same story for two or three weeks. That church is in Asia and they start with testimonies, asking who experienced something with the story from the last week. You remember the fifth story, how do you take the story into your life? Well, so then they tell stories, what they experienced. And sometimes new people who hadn't been there the last week They hear these testimonies and are very impressed and they want to know which story it is that these people heard. Then someone who was there last week and still remembers the story can get up and tell it. And then maybe they start to discuss the whole story again. So one story for even two or three weeks and it can go really in-depth and also can become very practical for their daily life. Of course, you don't have to get through all these six questions all the time. If you don't have a group yet or are just telling the stories and they want to talk a little bit about it, then just pick one or two questions and that's enough. In any case, these six questions are really widely used all over the world and they have proved themselves as very useful. Another method I want to introduce to you is called bibliologue. It's like a dialogue with the Bible. With the six questions, you were talking about the story. But with Bibliologue, you dive into the story and you almost experience the story. The method is quite complex, and so I can't teach it here now on podcast. But if you would like to learn it properly and take part in a basic course, you could visit at this website, www dot bibliolog.de so it's a German website but you can change it into English and then you can look at upcoming courses and sometimes they have courses in English or you can also contact me through my website I also regularly teach basic courses even though the method is too complex I want to teach you one aspect of bibliolog which might be helpful for you to find questions that you can ask when you talk about a Bible story. With Bibliolog, you usually look at the spaces between the lines. Of course, what is written in the Bible is inspired and you can't change this, that's just the foundation you talk about. The Bible often tells about actions and words, but we can also wonder about thoughts and motives. So, what do you do when you want to prepare your Bible story and a discussion for your Bible story? First, you look at the Bible story and you list all the people that are mentioned in the text. And then you can think who might have been there. It's not explicitly mentioned, but they could have been there. Neighbors or others who would have been there in the temple or at the market or at the sea. There are often people not mentioned, but they could have been there. And then you can think about these people and the situation they were in, how they experienced this situation. 
So then, when you list all the people who are in the story, you can look at the situations and you can wonder, what did these people feel? What did they think? Very often it's not mentioned, but I'm sure they have thought something. What were the motives for some people to do something or be there? Why are they there? What were their first reactions? Maybe the Bible tells us what they said in the end or what they did in the end, but maybe they had a different first reaction. Sometimes we have a first reaction and then after a while we do something different. So you could ask these characters, when you saw Jesus healing that person or when you heard Jesus saying this, what was your first reaction? You could ask these people for their expectations. What did they expect to happen? What did they expect to see? Then you can ask them for the impressions. You could also ask them for reflections. You know, one week later and you think back at that situation, what impacted you most? What is still in your mind? What are you still thinking about? It's not written in the Bible, but people must have thought and felt something. So you can ask for this. When you find interesting observations and possible perspectives, you formulate questions. And it's important that you ask open questions, which means questions that cannot be answered with yes or no, but people need a whole sentence to answer. And it's also good to find questions which you already can find three or four different answers to. The goal is not to get right or wrong answer, because we don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us, but to put yourself into the shoes of a person who was in the story and consider what that person's experienced at that moment. So I want to give you some examples that you get an idea what I mean with these questions. First, I give you some examples for the story of the widow who got the oil from Elijah and poured it. So if you want to read it first, it's 2 King 4, 1 to 7. For example, when you want to ask the son, she had two sons who should be sold into slavery. And you could ask the son, what were you thinking when you had to collect all the jars? Or you could ask the neighbor, you didn't see what actually happened because the widow had to close the door. But now you see that the widow has money. What do you fear? What do you think happened? You could also ask the creditor. Creditor, what did you expect to get from the widow? And what did you actually receive from her? And how do you explain this? What does it do to you? You see, you can think about it and the story has an impact in the lives of these people and it can also have an impact in the lives of us and when we start thinking about it, it will do something with us as well. I give you another example also with questions that can be improved. This is a story about Jesus as a boy in the temple. You can read it in Luke 2, 41 to 52. You could ask, for example, the temple teacher, what do you think? You could, but it's not really specific. It should be more specific to get a good answer. The same if you would ask Joseph, what is your experience in this situation? It's again not specific enough. You should ask 
Joseph, what do you experience about searching for your boy for three days? Or Joseph, what do you experience seeing that these people are in awe of your son? What does it do to you? Or Joseph, how do you experience Mary's behavior here in the temple? You could also ask Joseph, Joseph, why are you so quiet and let Mary speak instead of you? He doesn't say a word. Why doesn't he say anything? You could also ask Jesus' brothers, how did you feel when your older brother disappeared? Or you could ask relatives and friends, or also the brothers afterwards, you heard about this incident and you see Jesus now. What is your opinion of Jesus after that incident? Has it changed or is it still the same? What's your opinion of him? You see how you can ask questions and how these can make people think and experience this situation also in a deeper level. I hope you like this approach. The advantage is that everyone can give answers to these questions. They will not feel stupid. Everyone can give an answer. And the method is more context and experience-based. Again, if you want to learn the whole method, this is just a very small aspect. Please attend a basic course to learn it well, and then you can use it for many, many years. There is a third method, which I consider as very good, but that one is really too complex. You need to attend a course to do it well. It forces you to think in an oral way and to ask questions that are really in an oral learner mindset. The method is called Simply the Story. And you find more information on their website, which is www.simplythestory, all in one word, and then .org. With that method, you can go really deep. That organization is actually running whole Bible schools for oral learners and people who can't read and write at all. And these people are trained to be spiritual leaders. It's an excellent method, but it takes some time to learn it. So please have a look. I hope these questions will help you to have a lively and interesting discussion about the story you told and that you will enjoy discussing Bible stories and see how they will influence and impact your daily life.